So hi there, and welcome to a Forever Classic Games special. I'm Zack Snyder, and with me is Alex McCumbers and Joe Seamson. We have an unusual special for you all, but one that has given us the opportunity to really hit something that crosses our path frequently. My name is Zack Snyder, and today we're going to begin our review and opinions of the famous director Zack Snyder's filmography in our series called The Zack Snyder Cut. And this is funny for us because every time we're introduced somewhere, it's like, Zack Snyder, is it? No, not that one. <laughs> yeah, it's been a running joke for months and months. It's definitely not the super famous one that you're thinking of. One day. And the spelling, of course, is slightly different because you spell your name with an H and the director spells his name with a K. Yes, which is such an easy mistake. So, Director Snyder, I hope you're ready for our take on your works in directing to celebrate your release of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Mm -hmm. So, what do you guys think? Are you excited for this project that we've been doing? We've been thinking about it. We joked about it at first, and now we've basically turned it into a real thing. Yeah, it's definitely been something we've been kicking around the, the schoolyard, so to speak, for a while. It's, it's one of those... Because the idea of just doing it and naming it the Snyder Cut in some shape or fashion was so funny. Well, it's one of those jokes that the more you think about it is kind of a legitimately uniquely good idea mm -hmm. that it would almost we're almost losing an opportunity by not doing it because Zack Snyder's name is right there. And so yeah. just taking that approach of Zack going through and watching all of Zack Snyder's movies and being like, here's what I think. And then inviting us along for the ride is, kind of, I think, pretty pretty in, an interesting take. And uh, hopefully we approach things in a way that people find entertaining or at least thought-provoking. And it's it's in our catchphrase for the, the podcast is video games, films, and other geek culture. And while we've done films in the past, I don't think we've gotten to touch on film as much as we would like. Right. I think we've touched on like anime and a couple of TV shows a bit more, but we really haven't delved into full films nearly as much as we have the potential to. We did one episode on Thor Ragnarok because me and you were stoked when we went and saw it. <laughs> oh my God, yes. And it was so fun. That was like episode four or something. Did we do one on Demon Slayer? No, that's, in, that's another one that's in the works. Like we all watched it and I guess the... The idea now is once the movie comes out, we'll watch the movie and have like a Demon Slayer special. I'm starting to think this movie doesn't exist. <laughs> it really needs to be coming out sometime yeah. soon. Yep. I just had a lot of people recently around me here ask me if I knew anything about it. And I was like, no, except for it's really, really pretty. Yeah. Uh, but I think we have a really interesting perspective on film because, I mean, Zach has got a, a history of being an actor. And so your approach to, like, theater and such is very different from me, who's always studied it, like, at the academic level. And then Joe has worked in videography and animation and stuff. So between the three of us, I think we can have some really cool conversations about these movies. Right. And whether or not we can fit all that into these episodes, we'll definitely be bringing those approaches to everything moving forward. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, I think this series will be just the three of us. But if the opportunity arises for us to get a guest of some sort... I mean, we'll entertain that idea later on. What are people's history with Zack Snyder? Because for me personally, it was one of those things like, oh, who made this movie? I liked it. And then it's like, oh, I've seen like all of their movies <laughs> already, not realizing that it was all the same guy. 
for me, it was really about the same thing. I knew Zack Snyder had been making movies for a while, and I did not realize that his like big feature debut was Dawn of the Dead. And I've just really liked all of his stuff since then, even the stuff that he didn't directly direct. I think, for me, I'm not a big fan of the DC Cinematic Universe, because I think it just pales in comparison to the Marvel stuff. So a lot of his like DC work I actually am not familiar with at all until we do these rewatches. But I really liked as like a teenager, you know, 300. And then as I got into college, I thought Guardians of Gahul was probably my favorite 3D movie experience ever. So those are like the two main ones that I'm like, oh, yeah, Zack Snyder. He's like, <laughs> he does these two cool movies that I like. <laughs> <laughs> so the way that we're going to do things is we're going to go chronologically in order of films that he's directed, not produced, not necessarily written, unless he's also directed it as well. Uh, so we're going to start with Dawn of the Dead. Is we're 2000... also not doing his short works. Oh, yeah, we're going to not do short works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or we'll never, ever get this out in time. Because prior to Dawn of the Dead, he had done like some music videos, some video shorts and things, going, dating all the way back to 1989. Mm-hmm. His movie fi- feature film directorial debut in 2004. He did like a music video for ZZ Top, like just like some like opportunities to do things, and then suddenly it's like this big zombie movie, which I love. I'm a huge zombie whatever fan. So for anybody who doesn't know, Dawn of the Dead was released in 2004. It was his debut feature film, not like his first work. It was just his major film, and it was a fucking hit. Even now, it's still highly respected as like part of things that um, have contributed to the newer zombie styles, like fast-running zombies, ones that tear down walls, rather than your piling up, shambling zombies from the Romero era. I think that this movie really kind of led the charge in the 2000s era zombie genre, and that's where we got things that were a little more edgier, a lot gorier. Some of the, like, character work was a little better. Because around this time, you know, we had movies like Resident Evil come into popularity. And I think Dawn of the Dead really kind of led that idea. I agree. And to me, I feel like, whether or not it's true, because I haven't, like, done super research into this part, is I think it had a huge influence on games like Left 4 Dead, which I adore. Mm -hmm. And I think without this view and approach on it we would not have had those things maybe not then which they fit perfectly for the time that they came out and they're still really popular now but we may have gotten them later we may not have gotten them at all so i just love that it spread this lore and this kind of thing everywhere else yeah well with the the left for dead uh comment it's interesting because that entire game or both of them are completely inspired by zombie movies and even has a system in it called the director's chair where the software is reading player behavior and introducing things to keep things exciting or interesting. So if players are sticking around and looting a bunch, let's just send in a swarm to break it up. Or if they're rushing too fast, let's send in a tank to slow them down. So it's like, it's interesting that, you know, thinking about this in terms of movies, the director's chair and now looking at Dawn of the Dead, the movie that might have inspired that feature. That's really cool. That's like... Super mm. meta. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of meta, yeah. and I really, really, really enjoy it. Because I forgot about that feature. 
Yeah, that's uh, why that's why the no single playthrough of Left 4 Dead chapters are feel the same is because it's got this system built into it where it's reading player behavior and trying to introduce things to keep things moving. And the zombie craze in video games definitely kind of owes something to Dawn of the Dead because like we're saying, Dawn of the Dead helped create Left 4 Dead and then it from there we got so many like zombie games especially on like steam and stuff yeah yeah this there's so many out there and i love so many versions of them i even play a really old a really blocky version of a game called uh unturned and it's just like almost looks like minecraft zombies it's really silly that's the one that gets asset flipped all the time or at least it was for a while yes because it's built with like a basic unity package and so people were just like not even changing things, just make a different menu or whatever and throwing it on Steam for $4. <laughs> it created a lot of trash on Steam for a while. I think that's mostly died down, but there's still a lot of junk on Steam. There is still a lot of junk on Steam. But that's Dawn of the Dead. That's some of the background and thoughts that we have on it. So what did you all think before actually watching Dawn of the Dead? From what you remember or not knowing anything about it before, like before Are you about taking originally this. or this recent rewatch? Both. Okay. So I think the thing that's like, I knew, remembered pieces of this movie as I was rewatching it, but the one feature, I guess that stands out the most is the zombie baby. Yeah. Mm. Like that scene is kind of, it's super grotesque and it's not something I had seen before in like a, a film prior to that. And I've always thought that, like, twisted pregnancies were really messed up. <laughs> and so the watch. fact that that one scene, like, stuck out so much, I was like, oh, yeah, this is the one with the zombie baby. <laughs> so back in the day, the first time I watched it, I don't think I watched it until about 2010. A friend of mine was like, oh, have you seen this, like, zombie movie? It was like, started all the zombie movies and tropes and things that we started that we know of today and i'm like sure i'm not a huge horror movie fan but we watched it and then with the rewatch i for some reason had forgotten the name of that movie so when we were looking at dawn of the dead for some reason i thought it was the remake of day of the dead oh. yeah so when we were up until we were starting the movie and seeing the beginning i was like thinking that it was a movie I've never seen. And then as soon as the movie actually started, I was like, oh yeah, this is the one with the zombie baby. <laughs> yeah. This is also a movie that like picks up immediately. Like it's kind of like The Last of Us almost, how you get like a brief moment of normal life and then shit hits the fan almost immediately. And then from there, they're like running into the town and the town is like slowly caving in on itself. And I thought that was an interesting perspective. Yeah, It's like minutes. It's like mm -hmm. the woman go or the, the character, she goes to work. She's a nurse. She goes home. They have some fun in the shower and then they go to bed. It's like two, three minutes. And then they wake yeah. up and then there's a zombie girl. Like that was the other thing, too, is immediately you're, they're facing a zombie child. Yeah, this this movie does not hold back in the idea of like it's not just, you know, grown men that become zombies. It's like children, elderly the disabled, like anybody is victim to this virus. And we see that a lot in this film. All right. So then from there, what do you all think were some of the highs and lows of the film? Richard Cheese's rendition of Down with the Sickness. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. It's so weird, but it's great. But I think my absolute favorite part of this movie is the moments when the zombies aren't a thing. 
So there's all these like tender moments almost where it's just a group of adults living out life, like mundane life inside a shopping mall. And so we see them like hitting golf balls into a horde of zombies or like playing tic-tac-toe or you know, whatever. And I always, I, I think that sequence is really cool. And it just le- it like helps build up the characters and help you care about them. And it just seems like, you know, that's what would happen if adults were actually in this situation. You know, they would try on clothes. They would do some kinky stuff. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting just, like, portrayal of what that situation would look like. So when we were watching it, because uh, those of you that don't know, Alex and I live together. So we are watching these together. But I made a comparison during this section of the movie to the movie The Breakfast Club. <laughs> yeah, something about that montage and the way that it's put together of them just kind of like letting down their walls a little bit and being more open with one, one another and kind of being more themselves and experimenting and getting to know each other. That just felt like the breakfast club. But, you know, there's a horde of zombies outside of the mall. Yeah. And I, I can agree with Alex on this. And you that that sequence is awesome because I to me, people have strong walls up a lot and they'll act differently. But after a while, it just to like de-stress you almost have to just like be like fuck it i'm gonna do what i really want to do and if i'm weird screw it because we can't go outside we're gonna die yeah and i mean that's like a stress reliever and they're probably really fucking bored yeah and that kind of relates to our current situation in america with the pandemic like so many people are stuck in their homes and they're making bread or they're learning guitar like there's so many like little hobbies that people might not have even had the time to consider or suddenly like what's getting them through the day a couple of moments for me that stood out is uh they have this whole montage where they like deck out a like two trucks to basically be zombie tanks so they clearly have some like mechanical ingenuity and skill and when the guy that, who has the gun shop across the street says he's hungry. Not one of them thinks of like a slingshot or a trebuchet or something. Instead, they send a dog. <laughs> I was like, how is this a better idea? <laughs> like, I don't understand why this is their plan. They're clearly not dumb. But Nicole is dumb, who then steals yeah. the vehicle and gets herself caught up in the building. And it's even more infuriating that she survives that ordeal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, she runs after because she's got to like go save the dog. And I'm like, no, forget the dog. The dog is fine. Yeah. So eventually a group of people show up at the mall and they save them. And then one of them is like, oh, yeah, I own a yacht. And they're like, huh, <laughs> we could get on that boat and go live out in the water. And so that's like their grand plan. So they, you know, they build these vehicles and they've got a, like propane tanks that they're going to use to disperse the zombies and they're like, "All right, if we can make it to that yacht, we'll be all right." And so that's the like the thing that gets them moving again rather than the, just being stationary well, in the mall. There's also that, but there's the, the encounter with like the the guy and his his girlfriend and the baby really yeah. kind of puts a shock in their system that what they're where they're at in the mall isn't sustainable uh which as horrifying as the zombie baby like scene is the like scene that follows it is one of the funniest moments in the movie oh the slow-mo yeah cigarette (laughs) and shooting scene has some of the weirdest pacing because none of this like 
it's like these close-up slow-mo shots, but none of it is of the gun or like the victims. It's like bullets bouncing off the floor and like <laughs> it just It like, goes on way longer than you expect to. It's really awkward. And they shoot each other like eight times. Yeah. <laughs> this old lady and this like like punk guy, like this street thug, is like shooting each other in this like slow-mo eight times and it's just like agonizingly long and that's something that we see a lot of in snyder's work is this like weird slow-mo thing it gets better but the experimentation here is definitely off well it's definitely one of the snyderisms slow-mo on seemingly random details yeah yeah and i mean i find that section to kind of like be awkward as well (laughs) i think it kind (laughs) of i find having watched a lot of his stuff is he has like some serious and then like some comedy to like send you in a different direction so that you can kind of pick up on another train. It almost seems to me like he'll hit a moment of this is where I've put myself into a corner and this is how I'm getting out of it. And that felt like one of those moments to me. Other highlight for me is when the zombies right like get into the gun shop and they're like, oh, he's writing a message and he holds up the board and it's just like a blood smear. Yeah. <laughs> Like, there's just something about that. It almost gives, like, the zombies, like, a kind of a sassy attitude. Like, hey, we got him. He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, when they're, like, escaping and they throw the propane tank, the zombie that holds up the propane tank looks an awful lot like Deadpool from Wolverine Origins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he, like, picks it up and he's like, rah! <laughs> That uh, that escape sequence is pretty amusing because at one point, like, the priest or something gets a hold of the chainsaw and they, like, hit a bump and he saws it through a woman while they're, while yeah. they're in the thing. And it's just like, oh, dummy. <laughs> this movie's entertaining, but it has some weird sections in it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I thinking about that, some of that might be due to the fact that the screenplay was, in fact, written by James Gunn. Yeah. Who, of course, famously went on to do Guardians of the Galaxy. But prior to Guardians of the Galaxy, he was known for making these, like, shock and horror movies with Mm -hmm. trauma film. The guy who did um, the, like, Toxic Crusader movies. Yeah. He did, like, a bunch of work with those types of things. And, like, I think his James Gunn's biggest movie before Guardians, I think, was probably Slither. Which, if you've seen that movie, has a lot of the same kind of, like horror comedy elements that like that kind of like tonal dissonance that we see here um and that snyder you know to his credit followed those through um either that or this movie is just really unintentionally hilarious in retrospect and at the time uh, that the movie came out it was like a big deal and people were like wow this is incredible and now looking back we're like all right this is pretty funny yeah Yeah. going into it i think that it was Almost a horror comedy, but not quite. Like, to show you, like, the real life rather than, like, super fantasized zombie. Like, trying to, like, anchor it down into something real. And then, of course, James Gunn's, like, screenplay and writing is silly, but gets the point across enough to make it a really entertaining movie. And for a feature film debut, I gotta say, that's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a product of its time, though, I think. Because... If this movie were to be made today, for one, a lot of the moments where the characters start trusting each other 
is when they say, oh, this guy's a cop. And that just wouldn't have the same feeling and attachment to it today as it did back then. True, yeah. Because yeah. um, that automatically gives that character a level of respect. Um, I think writers today would have a harder time putting in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, now after all of that, what are your thoughts of a, like on the film as an entire thing? Like, other than just the highs and lows and things we liked and didn't like, what do you think about it? Because I think we're already kind of heading that direction. For better or worse, it started a genre wave. I don't know if what came out of this wave of film and media is good, <laughs> but it definitely started something. And so, not only that, but it like it lo- really skyrocketed Snyder's career because his next film definitely like got a lot of attention back in the day. Yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> I think one of the things that helped this movie really stand out as a whole, as a horror movie and as a zombie movie, is things happen during the day. At this point, yeah. special effects and visual effects have advanced enough to be able to show those like gory details without having to shroud them in darkness. It doesn't. It's like, and I think that adds to the like impact of some of these scenes is because you can see it all. Whereas before they'd have to shroud it in darkness and things would be scary because they were happening in the dark and your imagination is kind of taking over. And this is everything's on display for you to see. And very few horror movies had done that. Very few visual effects were wide out in the open. Uh, even up I mean, even later that, on. Yeah. Like, like Avatar. Like Pacific Rim. Yeah. Avatar is one of the few movies that at that like up to that point was one of the few movies where like the monster designs were brightly lit and on full display because mm-hmm. of how dang good the VFX were. We're still kind of waiting for movies like the modern Godzilla renditions to take place in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Or just not like with having that grain of dark slapped over it to mask what's going on, to give it the creepy factor of like the eighties and early nineties. Right. But you know, I think in, in a sense that in a lot of movies, there's a safety that kind of comes with being during the day and that you don't ever get that in this movie. It's no, just as immediately, as soon as the film starts, these characters are in danger and they don't leave danger even after the credits are done rolling because there's that whole epilogue sequence. It, it enhances that, that point in the very beginning of the movie after they go to bed. There's like a daunting sound effect when the clock flips over and the alarm, like it like, it's like one of those like flip clocks or whatever. And yeah. It like flips over and that sound effect is like weirdly enhanced and echoey. And I have written down here in my notes, daunting clock flip. Well, it's because it's, it, you know, it's the morning. The day starts and the world is ending. It, it enhances the fact that this is all happening during the day. Yeah. Yeah. Entertaining film, I think. But overall, it gets some weird situations. So, I don't know. It's probably not for everybody even now. Yeah. Yeah. But for somebody that likes zombie films, like, it's it's one of those, like, if you were to lay out every quintessential zombie genre film, this would be in it, I think. Absolutely. It, this is a must-watch for zombie fans. Whether you're gonna like it or not, you can see where it's, like, roots and, like, growth has spread it's just awesome. It's like a really good nexus of like seeing like the transition from one era of things to another. Yeah. Cause yeah. Uh, when was the walking dead started? 
because it also owes a lot of influence about to this four film. four or five years after this. Mm-hmm. 2010 is when the first episode came out of The Walking okay, Dead. So about six years later. Yeah. And then there's also films like Train to Busan, which is a great zombie movie that people should check out if they like this. Yeah, yeah. Train to Busan was fantastic. I haven't watched the second yeah. one, but the first one was super, super good. Yeah. Is the second one out? I thought that was later this year. Maybe that's later this year. I just know that I haven't watched it. I put oh, it in the enough. back of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be more surprised if you said you'd had watched it. And I was like, wait, it's out? True, true. I overall respect Dawn of the Dead's place in its genre and what it did for movies at the time and how it pushed things forward. Uh, but at the same time, I'm glad that it, I got it for free when I bought two other movies at like a used game store. And they yeah. had a buy two, get one free deal. <laughs> like Now it's just kind of movie that's going to be on my shelf for a while that I might watch again in another eight years if my Blu-rays still work at that point. So any final thoughts on director Snyder's debut film, Dawn of the Dead? I think it gets better from here. It's a powerful first entry. Yeah, that's true. Like it makes a, a it's a, it's a really powerful first debut. Like you, like this is the movie that, he started on that's kind of insane mm-hmm. and he was able to do quite a bit with a, with little because most of the movie actually doesn't even have zombies in it most of it's just some people hanging out in a mall yeah <laughs> and that allowed them to focus on the zombie parts and make those zombie parts better and i i think it shows his like ability to like prioritize i agree with that so my final thought on it would be that yes Fantastic. I mean, he did it on a budget of something like $26 million and grossed $102 million out of it. So he made bank. Made three times what he put into it. It's a huge jump in, and he's never left. You know, he's still making stuff now. Granted, it's much more superhero than horror. But this idea he will return to with Army of the Dead in 2021, which recently got a release date. Yes, which I... I from the... Movie poster, I'm starting to get the same vibes as this. Just less horror-y, maybe more uh, horror comedy. Yeah, it's probably going to be pretty self-aware, if I had to guess. That would be my guess, too. But we'll see that later this year. That's true. And then just, he he did a lot of good work with, like, seeing people in a crisis situation of zombies, which people were familiar with. But I think that at the time, and even today... It looks, it makes those like moments of humanism in a dire situation, which feels much more real, you know, after having spent a year inside for the pandemic, feel funny at the time. Versus now it's, yeah. it's very much like a mirror to the face. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd be bored doing weird shit too. Yeah. Yeah. And from one Zack Snyder to another, Dawn of the Dead, awesome movie to me. I'm a huge zombie fan, and this hits home with me. So keep it up. Let's see what you do later this year or next year. That's Dawn of the Dead. There we go. That's Dawn of the Dead. 